and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor. I'm here as always with my co-host at Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? I'm fine, Adam. How are you? How was your weekend? It was good. Good. It was good. The Knicks are above 500. You'll love to see that. Going to the playoffs. We're going to the playoffs. Yep. Watch out, Brooklyn. The real team of New York is coming. That's right. Julius Randle, Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett, King. And of course, and of course, when our governor resigns, Tom Thibodeau, the new governor of New York, of course. Yeah, Yeah, no. See, that is one that Democrats and Republicans of New York can universally agree on. Is Tom Thibodeau becoming governor? I was about to say, uh, hating Andrew Cuomo. Well, yes, yes. We, despite our political differences, we can agree. Fuck Andrew Cuomo, Tom Thibodeau, governor of New York. God, what is it with New York governors and sex scandals? It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my! This is the second time in my lifetime. In our lifetime, this is the second time. This is actually perfect timing. We're talking about the Knicks from Brian Windhorst. He tweeted, and I quote, within the next 12 months, a star player will demand a trade to the Knicks. Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, bring him, bring him. Oh my God, Devin Booker. Devin Get the Booker. boys back together. Devin Booker on the Knicks. <gasps> Devin Booker on the Knicks. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Wait. Yes, go ahead. So then, well, yeah, no, R.J. Barrett at the three, Devin Booker at the two, and... Um, Carl Anthony Towns at the five. Oh, my God. No, Mitchell Robinson at the five. I love Mitchell Robinson, but he can fuck off for Carl Anthony Towns. Unless, well, Mitchell Robinson will probably go the other way in one of those trades. He could fuck right off. For Carl Anthony Towns? Oh, my God. Can you... Li- this starting five, yep. Emmanuel Quickly, mm-hmm. Devin Booker, yep. R.J. Barrett, Julius yep. Randle, Carl Anthony Towns. Or Obi Toppin. Or Obi Toppin. Fine. Obi Toppin as the sixth man. I'm good with that. And, and then Tom, you have Tom Thibodeau leading the way. Fuck it. What, do you, what if Jimmy Butler <laughs> demands a trade to the yep. Knicks? How about, th- how about this one? This, this was one that I heard. And I don't want to get too much into into NBA because we have so much NFL to get to talking about the receivers and and a new segment. We love new segments, but how about this one, Adam? What if this is a hypothetical? What if? And I don't know if I would do this because I love him so much. But what if you could trade Emmanuel quickly? No. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Emmanuel quickly in a package for Trey Young. Oh my. And you could have Trey Young, Devin Booker, RJ Barrett, any four of your choosing, whomever it may be, filler, whatever, at Carl Anthony Towns. Well, hold on. Yeah. The real thing about this mm-hmm. is you're not going to have all of those guys. If, you, if you're trading for Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, and or Trey Young, then you're not going to have – we're probably not going to have R.J. Barrett or even Emmanuel Quickly. Well, if, you, if he's part of the trade. Or Julius Randle. I mean, I don't know. I think that mm, – I would do it though. This is just a hypothetical. This is a hypothetical. Say we have Quickly. We also have Booker. We also have Carl Anthony Towns. But you could also get Trey Young, and the only real piece that's worth trading, taking R.J. Barrett off of the table, is Emmanuel quickly and first round picks. So and expiring okay. contracts, let's say. So basically, we're going to be the quickly expiring contracts, two first round picks for Trey Young. Would you do it? Yes, we're going to be the early two thousands Knicks, except we're going to be good. I would do it in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. Just, just the thought of Trey Young, Devin Booker, and Carl Anthony Towns. Oh my God, that that he always had one. 
star is going to demand a trade. But even I would be fine with having Devin Booker. Adam, you know how this works. You know how the NBA, the current state of the NBA works. No, I know. One star comes, another one follows. It's the way that it works. This is the stars league. This is going to be the, it will be the best the Nets Knicks rivalry will ever be. How about happens? How about if, if the Knicks were to go out and get a Bradley Beal? Well, that not would be terrible. Fun. No. I mean, I would love Devin Booker a whole lot more. <laughs> well, they but do we can't get very, greedy. They do very similar things. They're yeah. they're they're just they're scoring guards. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Hence their position shooting guard. They shoot the yes. ball and they score points and they are a guard. Yes. Smart. Well, can't, De- right. well, can't Devin Booker play a point guard? Uh, he could. I wouldn't want him to, but he could. Yeah. I'd rather that be Trey Young or Emmanuel Quickly. Right. Emmanuel Quickly turned into a Knicks homegrown superstar. The likes we haven't seen since Patrick Ewing and Allen Houston, John Starks. Stephon Marbury. Yeah. Well, is he homegrown? No, he's not homegrown. No, but he turned he turned into a star with the Knicks. So not yeah. really, but yes, John Starks, Allen Houston, Patrick Ewing. Yes, they 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 quantified drafted by the Knicks. Anyway, uh, enough of that. Let's talk about your new segment, our new segment. I, it it's just so exciting. I I I love the New York Knicks. I do too. Fuck Weird. the Nets. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. I hope they win nothing. It would be fitting punishment for their hubris. It would be the joy of my life to see the Nets win absolutely nothing and to see the once Nick fan, Net fans, all flock back to being Knicks fans. Yep. And then have them be terrible when Kyrie and KD leave and it's just James Harden getting blown out by the Mavericks every single night. And demands a trade to go somewhere And demands a trade to go somewhere else. And then the Nets don't have any first round picks. <sighs> Music to my ears. <laughs> Anywho. Because they basically Ricky Williams this trade. They Ricky Williams did, yes. They need a championship, otherwise it's a Ricky Williams. Yep. So what is our new segment? So, it is a one that I just kind of thought about, and I just said, you know, what if? What if we go back to yesteryear a little bit and make people say, oh, yeah, that guy. Have a little nostalgia trip. So, the segment is – And by yesteryear, we mean 15 years ago. Or 10 or 5 or 2, whatever. Or at, at most 15 years ago. Yes. Could be even 30. Who knows? So with the help of the listeners, we are doing a segment that is based around fantasy players that were noticeable and you would know from your time of playing fantasy, whether you are 10 years old, 20 years old, 30, 40, 50, yada, yada, yada. We're doing this also on the Basement Talk podcast where we're going to be doing more uh, all kinds of different sports. But for here, we're sticking to just fantasy football relevant players. I'm sure Danny so, Healy is going to be a name on the uh, on the Basement Talk podcast. The one that was brought up was Nick Swisher, which I would just talk about all day. <laughs> but the first one that we have, and when I heard this, I was just like, Oh, God, I have so much to say about this man because he is the joy. He, he, he once was the joy of my life. The first player that we are going to be talking about today on the random player generator is – you ready for this, Adam? Okay. He's a former New York Jet. Oh. Okay. Not his claim to fame, though. He is a two-time okay. Pro Bowler. He was a fourth, a second-round pick in 2008. 
and he was once a fantasy star for the Chicago Bears. Oh. Matt Forte. Matt Forte. Matt Forte. So the way we're going to do this is Adam and I are just going to have a conversation about Matt Forte, spitting out some random facts, going back and forth. And when the conversation stops, we move on. Well, it's funny because you when you said he was a former New York Jet, but that wasn't his claim to fame, the first name that popped in my head was, was LaDainian Tomlinson. That was where I was trying to mislead you. But come on, everyone knows LaDainian Tomlinson. I was like, yeah, but when you said second round, but then you're like second round pick, two-time Pro Bowl, I was like, that doesn't add up. So Matt Forte, wow. Matt Forte. My memories of Matt Forte what like when the Jets signed him in 2016, I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Would have would have been nice to have him like four years ago. Mm-hmm. But I guess here we are. And he was pretty and that and that was like that was uh Mike McCagnon's I we're gonna buy to win now move was to sign Matt Forte because the Jets had just come on basically they were one fateful night in Buffalo or afternoon in Buffalo for making it to the 2015 playoffs. And um, Mike McCagnon was like, well, we're going to, we're going to build, we're going to win that. We're a win now team. We have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe Um, we're great. We had a great defense. Chris Ivory is a running back of the future. So we're going to, so we're a win now team. They signed Matt Forte and the 2016 Jets were, were next to probably last year. It's probably the worst football team we've ever seen. The most lifeless football team I've ever seen in my entire life. Of a, the most lifeless Jets team, I'll say. I have my one of my facts. Uh, Matt Forte was drafted to compete with Cedric Benson. As rest in peace. Rest in peace, absolutely, for the uh, starting job for the Bears in 2008. That's right. Well, Cedric Benson was not happy in Chicago, and he demanded a trade. Yes, to- and then... And to then the he was, yep, and then he was released, and then it was Matt Forte versus Adrian Peterson for the starting job. Not that Adrian Peterson. No, not that one. The other Adrian not Peterson. Not that guy. Not that guy. No. God, that's like you know, like an office space where the guy, where like the nerdy guy, his name is Michael Bolton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that Michael Bolton. Is that where the woman's like, "Wow, is that your real name?" He's like, yeah. <laughs> Package for Michael Bolton? <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Even another fact about Matt Forte? Um, I do remember that Thursday night football game in 2017 against the Bills where he scored like two or three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. It's probably uh, his highlight. PPR machine. Yes. Absolute PPR machine. I can remember in 2008 when he it was his i believe it was week one had to have been when he went off for 123 yards against the colts which at the time i i don't know if it still stands um, but i know at the time uh it was the franchise record for the bears for most rushing yards in a debut so that was like that was the start of matt Fortin. i remember 12 year old me watching Matt Forte and saying to myself, oh, got to go pick him up my fantasy team. And I had Matt Forte for uh, for for the rest of the year. And I believe in 2008, he was good, but he wasn't as good as he was going to be. Because wasn't, I believe it was the year later in 2009 when he it was like the first three games of the year. He went three in a row of 150 rushing yards or more. Yeah, well, he's he's always been a he at his prime. He was always like a back of the first round, you know, top of the second kind of running back. Some would say middle of the first round, actually, depending on how deep or shallow your league is. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of he kind of reminds me of DeAndre Swift, or DeAndre Swift reminds me of Matt Forte. Is yeah, a probably, poor man's version. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I have another fact. I have another fact here. I can just keep. I'm just. I'm just gonna keep rolling off Matt Forte. Matt Forte. Um, I'm not playing mind games. I am just. 
I am just saying facts. <laughs> uh, 2010 opener. He had yep. 151 receiving yards, two touchdowns, including an 89 yarder. And I remember that because I did draft Matt Forte in the second round in a draft that year. There you go. So I remember seeing that and I just said, yep, oh, yep, okay. Matt Forte, great guy. Any more facts? I have no facts. Um, I might have a few. I might. Um, I know he was teammates with Brandon Marshall and now Sean Jeffrey. That is true. And then he, yeah. And then he was also, he was t- teammates with Brandon Marshall twice, basically. Yeah, twice. <laughs> and, hmm. Trying to think of some other Matt Forte facts that I might that I might be able to ram, ramble off the top of my head. Um, he went to Tulane. That's cool. Went to Tulane. He wore number twenty-two. Yes. Okay. Are we just. Do you know? Uh, do you have his facts? Do you have his height and weight on file? No, I do not. That that is above my pay grade. <laughs> But if I if I mean if I had to guess on his height and height and weight, I would say he's probably like, I don't know, six one, six two, two thirty, maybe maybe like two fifteen, two twenty. Yeah. Something he was definitely definitely a combination. He was like a he was a real pioneer for the combination back that we're seeing now. Trailblazer for guys like Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. Yep. All right. I ha- I have no more. Neither do I. Who is – do you have another player or is it nope, – are we just doing it. one? That's just, just one. All right. Just one. Random. This, this segment of Random Player Generator is brought to you by dumbass.com. Not a real website. That's Not just – that's the URL of my brain. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about receivers, shall we? Let's do it. Although, I mean, if you want to do some breaking news – there was some breaking news. I am all for breaking news. I mean, first off. And I it mean, ties in just so perfectly with what we're talking about today. So thank you, Detroit. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, also, fuck you, Detroit. Because also, I want, fuck you, Detroit. Yes. Because Kenny, Kenny Galladay would have been a nice silver medal to a team that didn't land Alshon Jeffrey. Allen Robinson. That's right. Same thing. Same thing. No, it is not the same. No, they're not the same thing. Same guy. Close they're not. No, they're not. Alshon Jeffrey was a Chicago Bear at one time. I'm aware. He also had his first digit of his number be a one. I'm aware. This I'm is aware. like turning into a Chicago Bears podcast. Where's Benny? Where is Benny? I don't know. Our Chicago well, Bears correspondent. Yeah. He. Yeah. I mean. Like I said, Kenny Galladay would have been a nice silver medal to whoever didn't land Allen Robinson. But, of course, he is getting the franchise tag from the Detroit Lions. That is according to Ian Rappaport. So, sucks. Good for Detroit, though. At least Jared Goff has that. Yeah, they they needed to keep Kenny Galladay. I don't think that they were going to let Kenny walk. Well, honestly, but- this is probably be- better for Kenny Galladay. Because now he can, now he has a full season of hopefully being healthy. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the ideal situation. My whole thing is this, Adam. Yes. Now knowing that Kenny Galladay is going back to the Detroit Lions, where are you drafting him? Oh boy, where am I drafting him? I mean, I guess he's my he's my wide receiver seventeen at this moment. That is without adjusting uh, him going back to Detroit. Fantasy Pros has him at wide receiver fifteen. Okay, so you have that. I would probably draft him in the third or fourth round. Okay, yeah, that's I would. So like late third, early fourth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think I would probably draft him late fourth. Late fourth, I think, is kind of the spot. 
but I think it also depends on, on who's around him. So just off the top of my head, now that we know Kenny Galladay is going back to Detroit, who would you rather have, Kenny Galladay or Amari Cooper? Okay. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper for me as well. Kenny Galladay or Adam Thielen? That's tough, actually, because Adam Thielen has to split. I don't know. It's not, like, too tough. I think I'd rather have Adam Thielen, even though he is splitting targets with Justin Jefferson. That but... one is real close for me. That one is real, real close. Um, but I'm going to say Adam Thielen, but by that much, by that much. Yeah, it's it, it's hard. Kenny Galladay or Deontay Johnson? So Big Ben, it looks like Big Ben's coming back. Yeah. Also. Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather have Kenny Galladay. I would much rather have Kenny Galladay. That's uh, that's not close. That's not yeah, close for me. That doesn't, yeah. How about... How about Kenny Galladay or our best buddy, T. Higgins? Um, I think I'd rather have Kenny Galladay. I'd rather have Kenny Galladay. Uh, one more. One more. Kenny Galladay or C.D. Lamb? Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay as well. Okay. Yeah, so he's he's still a top 20 receiver for us. Um, you know, good for him. He's going back to Detroit. He should be the focal point of the passing game for Detroit. Uh, the team could be terrible, so that could be good in terms of negative game scripts pretty often, which will get Kenny Galladay some big numbers. Uh, he could be a steal. He could be a steal late in the fourth round, but um, I know a lot of people are kind of off on Galladay because of the injury plague season that he had last year. But I will say this is the guy that also was one of the top touchdown red zone receivers in the league two years ago. And we're just going to quickly write him off. Well, you know how it is. Once, if a player leaves your mind for a couple months, the, the, the guy might as well not exist. It's true. No, it's true. I, and, but look who his quarterback is as well, Jared Goff. And I know we said, we, we me, really being me, um, there's been a lot of slander about Jared Goff that's been said. But the one thing that we can't ignore is that Jared Goff has produced some very solid fantasy receivers throughout his career. Brandon Cooks, uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I mean, Jared Goff may suck, but at least he's competent. He's like an Andy Dalton. He sucks as a quarterback, but there's no denying what he does for fantasy. And that is he produces consistent fantasy receivers. Yeah. I mean, what was Robert Woods before he went to L.A. and he played with Jared Goff? He was a great example. A depth receiver in Buffalo. That's if where that, it was. If that. Yeah. I mean, what was Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup was just a small slot receiver that, you know, they took a flyer on. And then McVay said, oh, I love, I love you, Jared Goff. I love you, Cooper Cup. Let's hope you two love each other. And they did. Yep. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, what else Detroit does with the receiver position. Marvin Jones being a free agent, I would assume that they're going to go and they're going to draft a receiver. I don't know if they're going to be drafting a, uh, a Jalen Waddle or a Jamar Chase or a Devonta Smith, but I think they're going to be drafting a receiver or at the very least attempting to sign one that can come in there and be the number two opposite of Kenny Galladay. So it'll be interesting to see who goes to Detroit to be opposite of, uh, of Galladay. If Danny Amendola is back there as well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I think for now, uh, keep drafting Kenny Galladay as a, as a top 20 receiver. And, you know, if, if you don't love him in the late fourth, maybe you see if you can get him early fifth. I think the, uh, the later you can get him, the better, but I would, I wouldn't be touching him in the mid third w- would not be touching him. Okay. I can see that. I just don't. Th- I just. I think. I think for a lot of people, Kenny Galladay will be going in that in that spot. In the spot that you won't touch him, I think that's where Kenny Galladay is going. That's that's the thing, because that's just you. I think a lot of people are more um, comfortable with taking Kenny Galladay at that posi- at that spot because basically he's he could either be. I don't know. It could be, it's an interesting dynamic because at that spot in the third round, he could either be your number one receiver or 
maybe you took a running back in the first round and now you're taking two receivers and going for a running back in the fourth round. So, yeah, I, but was, I do. Th- go ahead. Go ahead. I do. But I do think regardless, I think that people are going to be taking Kenny Galladay in the third, in the mid third round at, or late or early fourth, just because they saw his production in 2019 and they're like, I'm sure he can get back to some semblance of that. Okay. So if you're saying that Kenny Galladay could be going mid third round, let's just look at the guys, the receivers in our last mock draft that went middle of the third round. Would you have Kenny Galladay? Would you rather have Kenny Galladay or Chris Godwin? Mm, I think I'd rather, well, Chris Godwin's staying in Tampa Bay, right? Uh, we'll assume for this he's staying in Tampa Bay, yes. Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay, I would take over Kenny Galladay. Terry McLaurin or Kenny Galladay? I would that's take not, Kenny Galladay. That's not close for me. Really? I would take Terry McLaurin all day. I would take Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Terry McLaurin with, okay, this is also a thing that we didn't talk about. Alex Smith is going to be released by the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. So Terry McLaurin with Taylor Heineke or whoever Whatever quarterback they bring in. Yeah. They're going to bring in somebody. Give me, give me Terry McLaurin. At this point in time, I'd rather have Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay or Mike Evans. I think I'd rather have Mike Evans. I'd much rather have Mike Evans. So you, you you are basically taking him middle of the third round. I'm not taking him at that spot. And this is yes. This is the advice that I usually give. The math checks out. Yes, the math does check out here. This is the advice that I usually give the people. Where if you love a guy, you take him higher than I'm telling you to, or anybody else that you listen to, or whose ranks you steal, whatever. Take him higher. If, if you love Kenny Galladay and you want to take him middle of the third round, you take him middle of the third round, not a problem. I just wouldn't do it because I see the appeal for people that like Kenny Galladay. But if someone's taking Kenny Galladay middle of the third round, that also means that some other receiver is going to fall to me at a later spot, which is going to be more of a value. So, yeah, go ahead. Take Kenny Galladay middle of the third round, but I'll happily scoop up Terry McLaurin in the fourth round. Nope, no problem. And even okay. even Adam Thielen or Amari Cooper, I'll take them late fourth round, early fifth round where they're going. So I'm totally, totally fine with me. All right. I just, I just don't love Galladay like other people do. And it's it's sad to say because I am the I do claim to be the uh, discoverer of Kenny Galladay. I, I, I recall. And um. If you don't believe me, I'll get. I will make sure to pull up the transcripts where I recommended to someone who was in a draft Kenny Galladay's rookie year. I said to him, "Take Kenny Galladay." It was a four. It was like a fourteen-team league, and I told him, "I said, hey, take Kenny Galladay. He could be a steal." Didn't pan out year one, but year two, he was he was a beast. He was a beast. So. I would talk about Kenny Galladay before anybody else, but I, I it, receiver is just so deep and Kenny yeah. Galladay comes with risk. The interesting thing about Kenny Galladay, looking at his stats, he's like, as far as yardage is concerned, he hasn't been like incre- incredible. And nope. even like his stats aren't like incredible. It's just the, the touchdowns. It's really. touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He he has had his two big seasons, which were 18 and 19. He had 70 catches and 65 catches. And he had, in, tw- in 2018, uh, 1,063 yards. And 2019, he had 1,190 yards. But he had five touchdowns in 2018 and 11 in 2019. Yep. So that that's what does it. And also, yeah, so I think I like Kenny Galladay just for the touchdowns, but I can see why people might be wary about it. And you kind of want to, as responsible fantasy football advice givers, we want to give the full picture of the context of Kenny Galladay. 
my whole thing, my whole thing is this, and you highlight it with the numbers. He went from five touchdowns to 11 touchdowns. Last year, we'll kind of throw out the window because, of course, with the injuries. Just take those 2018, 2019 numbers as they are. Five touchdowns, 11 touchdowns. Who is he? Is he more of the five touchdown guy or is he more of the 11 touchdown guy? If you're taking the closer to 11 touchdown guy in the fourth round, he's going to be the steal of the draft. But if you're taking him closer to being the five touchdown guy, you know, you're, you're you're not getting enough with the receptions for him to be a consistent enough receiver, you know, because that's kind of the, the perfect guy for that is DJ Moore. Look at DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a floor 85 catch guy, but he doesn't score. So you need 15 more receptions for, excuse me, 25 more receptions. He was a 60 catch guy. You need about 20, 25 more receptions for Kenny Galladay to be even close to what DJ Moore is. Well, in 2018 and 19, the yardage was consistent. But I think if you want to average it out, you know, go in the middle. If he has, like, let's say 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns on on 70 catches, maybe 68 catches, like, that's a good. That's good. That's, that's very a four, good. That's a fourth-round guy. That's a fourth round guy. Because I, I think Terry McLaurin has better numbers than that. I think Terry McLaurin gets you more catches, more yards. I don't know if he'll give he'll get you the touchdowns, but he'll definitely get you the receptions and he'll definitely get you the yards. The only guy that I'm I'm, I'm kind of you know torn on because I don't necessarily love him either is Godwin. Well, Terry McLaurin. In 2019, his rookie year, he yeah. had 58 catches, 919 yards, and seven touchdowns. Right. And last year, he had 87 catches for 1,118 yards, but only four touchdowns. Right. Right. That's he gets you. He gets you the reception, gets you the yards, but doesn't get you the touchdowns. But I think. I think for if you're not PPR, you take Kenny Galladay. But in, in PPR, you know, are you what what are you gonna take? Are you gonna take the 60 catch guy that gets you the same yards and more touchdowns? Or are you gonna take the guy that gets you the more the 20 some odd receptions, maybe more yards, maybe the same amount, but less touchdowns? It depends on what you want. But McLaurin, I think, is more week to week. I think he's more consistent. Obviously, Kenny Galladay with the touchdowns has the more has the potential for the boom games. Which is that if that's what, what you're after, that's this is this is like the classic Tyreek Hill argument is he'll put up 25 30, but then he'll put up eight. Uh, don't remind me, it's the classic Tyreek Hill argument. <laughs> I listen, I had Tyreek Hill the year that he had a good game every other game, legitimately. And then you also had him this year, yeah. Well, he and he was pretty solid this year after he was you slandered him. I'm aware. Slandered him. He found it. He found his consistency. I'll give him. I'll give him that. Good for him. You slandered his name, Adam, and you took him anyway. It worked out. Oh, we have some breaking news. Yes. Yeah, we do have some breaking news. Um, Houston. Okay. Has. Oh, give me a break! Don't do this to me. Resigned David Johnson. Okay. Okay. One year, six million bucks. Yeah. Well, they cut Duke Johnson. So. Yep. Dave Johnson. Why the fuck? Why the fuck would you do that? Why? Why would you play with my emotions in that Sorry. in such a way? Sorry about that. I'm not mad about David Johnson resigning with the Texans. You know. You know damn well what I'm mad about. Deshaun Watson. I want to Hey, speaking of which, and you're, you're it's a good impression me. of my inner thoughts. Before we go into the receivers, what do we think happens with Russell Wilson? I don't fucking know. This is so weird. The Bears, the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the Saints. What a motley crew of teams. He's not a motley crew of teams. 
I'm going to Dallas. Well, you could throw that throw that out of the equation. The terms were think... one for one. Dak Prescott for Russell Wilson. I don't know who says no. Would you say no? Me personally? As a cat, if you were, let's say you're Jerry Jones. Yeah. Oh, I hate being in that mindset. Okay. That's you're Jerry, a very dark place. You're Jerry Jones. Yeah. And you were thinking, <laughs> I know. And you're thinking not only about your team. Yeah. But also marketability. He does like marketability. If, if John Schneider calls you on your phone and says, we will do Russell Wilson for Dak Prescott one for one, no picks, no players. Would you date? Would you do that trade? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, I would. Although no, pick, I mean, no picks involved. Yeah, I would do that. I mean, if you're John Schneider, would you do that? No, I would, that's a better question. I think Seattle would be the one that says no to that. But apparently, and there's some other, there's some other breaking news I just got. It just popped up. Uh, this is from my source. Why the fuck would Russell Wilson want to go to the Bears anyway? No clue. No clue. Uh, this is this is from my source. So okay. take this with what you will, but this is the same guy that said Carson Wentz was getting traded to Indianapolis 24 hours before it actually happened. He says that the Cowboys and Dak Prescott are close to a contract extension. Well, that's good. Finally. Finally. Okay. This, Wait. This 18-month saga is finally coming to an end. Well, here's the other thing. Yeah. So if as if if they did this trade today, mm-hmm. then it would then they then Seattle would be responsible with signing Dak Prescott to an extension. But Correct. after Dak Prescott signs an extension, would Seattle do a one for one with Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott? Probably. But they would need to make the dead cap hit work on Russell's deal. Imagine if their G- if their GM was Peter Shirelli for a day. Oh God! Oh God! Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Done. 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 Hey, now look where Adam Larson is now. And look where Taylor Hall is. So I guess, so I guess the league. So I guess pay. So I guess Peter Shirelli won that trade. Peter Shirelli won the trade. <laughs> he won the trade. Adam Larson, Adam Larson is one of the best defensive defensemen in the National Hockey League, and Taylor Hall is just bouncing around from place to place. Peter, the the, the slander his, on Peter Shirelli needs to stop. Taylor, Shirelli, Taylor Hall is on his fourth team in two years. Yes. Or well, third Adam team Larson's in, found himself a home in Edmonton. His third team in two years. We, we need to stop with the Peter Shirelli slander. He, well, he, he knew did, before any of us. He did trade Tyler Sagan for Louis Erickson. Yeah, he did. He did that. He did that. Yeah, he he definitely did do that. All right, you want to talk about receivers? Yes, let's do it. Um, what the fuck? Oh yeah, Russell Wilson. Well, this yeah, is Russell important. Wilson. This is important though, because the Russell Wilson factor means a lot for DK Metcalf as a as someone that has DK Metcalf in a keeper league. Yeah, I'm shitting a brick. Because, I mean, what – oh, God. What could the possible – so here's the other thing. The, the team that would be trade, the teams that are on Russell Wilson's quote-unquote trade list are teams that made the playoffs. So Seattle is not taking one of the big quarterbacks with a first-round pick that they get in that trade. Unless they want to trade more picks to trade up again which they would not do. So basically they're hoping um crap who who the hell is it? Who's like the the fourth guy? Oh, it's uh it would be Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Yes. Yeah, they're hoping for that. They're hoping for Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Yeah, receivers. This is an interesting like we said, I mean receivers, you got the depth. The depth is so so here with receivers. Yeah. I mean, you go to the to twenty five on fantasy pros. Honestly, not even 
go to 30. The 30th ranked receiver on Fantasy Pros is Will Fuller. And the, the 31st ranked receiver on Fantasy Pros is T. Higgins. Our good friend. Our good friend T. Higgins. It is this receiver. I don't I don't want to say receiver class because obviously it's not like an actual draft, but the receiving uh crop this year, the receiving core this year in fantasy football is probably the deepest it's been in years. I can tell you this, Adam, where I'm okay with anybody going up to about Adam Thielen, who in my ranks, I have him as the 19th receiver. I'm okay with him being my number one receiver. I'm okay with that because receiver, like you said, is so incredibly deep. And if you get Adam Thielen in the fourth round and you just go running back, running back, running back the first three rounds and you're able to get an Adam Thielen or you're able to get a DJ Moore or a Cooper Cup in the fourth round, I don't think you're in that much trouble. I think you're actually playing it very, very safe where odds are there's going to be a receiver that pops up on waiver wire that you can go and try and claim with uh, waiver claim or fab, whatever. Odds are in past years, we've seen receivers have an easier time of being readily available in terms of breakouts and things like that than running backs. Well, yeah, so, you'll definitely find the next Russell Gage on waivers or Denzel Mims or perfect Dylan Rieger. Yeah. Russell Gage is a perfect example of a guy that, you know, you could plug and play on certain weeks. Maybe also a here's 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 just a here's a great one. This this is one just boom. Chase Claypool. Yes. Perfect. A perfect example. As far as that was the first name I picked. Where Chase Claypool, well, you missed it. Sorry, Adam. You're not perfect. It's okay. I love you anyway. Chase Claypool was that guy where you could go, you picked him up off of waivers last year, and he was a perfect number two, number three receiver for you. T. Higgins, same exact thing. Same exact thing. So you there is a track record of receivers that were not drafted in, in fantasy drafts that then come out and perform and are very, very good and are fantasy relevant. Whereas with the running backs, I mean, who was a running back that wasn't drafted that really that you could go and pick up right away? It was maybe James Robinson, uh, Miles Gaskin. J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, but J.K. Dobbins, I think, was drafted. In- Cam Akers? Cam Akers was, was drafted but then dropped in a lot of spots. Um, Were people drafting A.J. Dillon? Yeah, but was AJ Dillon wasn't someone you could just rely on week in week out though. No, that's true. There were so here. That's the point. It was that, really James Robinson and Miles Gaskin. Those were the, the two. That's the point. Or well, Antonio Gibson was one, right? Antonio Gibson was drafted. Oh, he was drafted. Okay, yeah, he was. So yeah, that's that's the point. The point is is that running back. Okay, here here's a good here's a fun example. Sure. So I went to so I went to, I went to thirty before. Let's okay. go. Let's go to forty. Okay. Here's the fortieth ranked running back. The fortieth ranked running back on Fantasy Pros is Latavius Murray. Ugh. By contrast, mm-hmm. the fortieth ranked receiver on Fantasy Pros is uh, a man by the name of Jerry Judy. And I, I like Jerry Judy. He's got he's got exactly a ton of upside. Exactly. Jerry Judy is the 40th ranked receiver in fantasy. Yeah. It goes to show you. I think we did this with, there was the classic Chris Carson versus Cooper cup argument, but now we're doing this even deeper where it's Latavius Murray as the 40th ranked running back versus Jerry Judy. Yeah. One's a handcuff with some upside and the other is a guy with, Absolutely huge upside. Don't make me go to 50. 50 is Michael Pittman. Oh my God. Like this, Adam, I'm I'm telling you right now, this is making me want to do a mock (laughs) where we take 
the just the first three rounds, running back, running back, running back. Um, another another fun one. Fifty eight is Henry Ruggs the third. Fifty eight. I mean, this this is opening my eyes to what the receiver position really is. And that's just so, so, so safe. Where you could go top three rounds, you could just go running back, running back, running back, and then just start building out your your your, your group of receivers. Like, if we go, and, and I'm very lucky that I'm a radio professional today, and I'm just feeling very, very, very giddy. If we go to the mock that we did, the last mock, if I can go and find it. Can you please share uh, your screen? Let's see. Let's see. See, this is you would think you would think by now that I would know how to work fantasy pros. I don't. Okay, here we go. All right. So this is the draft that you and I did. This is not the Travis Kelsey draft. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Before you go into it, sure. Show me. Show me the draft. Okay. So I will this is breaking the fourth wall. So I'll make sure to share the screen with you. Okay. You could, I was saying you could just cut it out, but I guess. No, you I'll, break, I'll break the fourth wall. It's fine. Okay. So here we go. And this is terrible radio. I apologize. But we're going to narrate this as best we possibly can. So this is the mock draft that Adam and I did off air. This is not the Travis Kelsey mock. This is the one where we took Derrick Henry in the first round. Let's just say that when we did this draft. We have the fifth pick, by the way. This is the fifth pick. Yes. Yeah. So if we did this draft. Let's say that we took Derrick Henry, then we took DeAndre Swift, and then we took Miles Sanders. In the fourth round, here are the receivers that we could have started building a team around. Kenny Galladay, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, who we ended up taking in the fifth round. So let's just say now you want to do this. Who are the receivers that you're starting to pick in the fourth round? Those guys. Now let's go to the fifth. Who are well, you guys? Know, actually, we can. You know, we could actually do this because you yeah. can. We can redo the pick. We we very easily could could actually. I mean, if you want to know, you know what? If you want to do this, just we could just run through six rounds of of a draft right here, right now. Let's and just and start talking about specific guys that we like. Uh, I mean, let's just run through six rounds of a draft. I mean, I mean, screw it. Let's be real. This is probably the best. This is going to be the most instrumental in our point. Or, yeah, this is going to demonstrate gonna our, our point. Make or break our point. Well, this is going to really demonstrate our point. I feel like. Yeah. So we're there. going into a mock, and we're going to do six rounds of this mock. So it went McCaffrey, uh, McCaffrey one, Dalvin Cook. Two, uh, we're just going to take running backs here. We're going to go best available running back. So we have the third pick, by the way. Yep, third pick, third pick. Should have pointed that out. Thank you, Adam. PPR, ten teams. Here we go. I think so this is really going to demonstrate our point better I, than we can say it. I really, really think so. I do. So uh, we're just going to take the first three rounds. We're just going to take the best available running backs. Doesn't matter. Took Alvin Kamara. Yep. In the first in the first round. Yep, and then here we are going to take DeAndre Swift. Slight reach, who cares? Uh, and then we're going to take – I will take Josh Jacobs. So in the first three rounds, we started with Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, and – Josh uh, Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, thank you. Now, here we are. In the fourth round, we do not have a receiver yet. Here are the receivers that are on the board. Kenny Galladay, Robert Woods, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson. We're going to take Robert Woods just for this, just for the sake of it. Take Woods. Next, on the clock, Amari Cooper's here. We're going to take Amari Cooper. Then we wait around and we see what receiver is possibly going to be here as our third receiver. And it is going to be, I mean... Tyler Lockett's here, Tyler Boyd, DJ Chark, Will Fuller, Cortland Sutton. Um, I mean, the, the guy for me is probably Tyler Lockett, who I would pick here. Yep, I agree. 
All right, so we take Tyler Lockett, and then we'll we'll go to the next pick, and then we'll uh, we'll stop. So here's where we're at. We are now have three receivers and three running backs. We're here in the seventh round. We have Dak here. Tyler Boyd is here. DJ Chark is here. I mean, I doubt DJ Chark will be here on draft day just because the hype with Trevor Lawrence, who knows. But if we also look at running backs, Melvin Gordon is here. David Johnson is here. Ronald Jones, uh, Miles Gaskin. So, I mean, I think we can we can exit the draft. But I think, you know, the the, the point is made that you can very, very easily build a super, super safe and probably super good team with going zero receiver. You know, all the talk is zero RB, zero RB. How about zero receiver? I think this is the probably the worst year for zero RB. I go, think so. If you go zero RB, you are fucked. Well, how about last year? Last year was awful for zero RB. Well, last year was terrible for running backs in general, but this year might be just terrible for a zero RB. Cause like, think about it. You're, you're waiting around for the, I don't know. You're waiting around picking receivers. You're going to start your team with Chris Carson, Kareem Hunt, Kenyon Drake, David Johnson, Ronald Jones. No, you're not going to start. That's not, no, 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 no. No, thank you. I'll pass. I'll pass on that one. Um, all right. So, do you want to uh, do you want to just talk about some guys and, and where they're going, and just talk about um, who we like, who we don't like? I, I think we've just hammered in the the strategy point pretty deeply by now. Uh, in terms of you know, we're both of us. I think are really hoping to wait on receiver. Yeah. Well, now at this point. It just makes so much more sense. Yeah, it definitely does. And I can I can tell you right now, just kicking off this discussion, if I'm going off of the Fantasy Pros ranks, I'm going off of my own ranks, uh, the Fantasy Pros ranks for Tier 5, I actually love in terms of starting at Juju and going all the way down to Jarvis Landry. I think it's a very safe uh, range of receivers and even guys that have some upside as well looking at Tyler Lockett, looking at CeeDee Lamb, Odell Beckham, Brandon Ayuk, uh, DJ Shark, T. Higgins. thing with T. Higgins, and and again, I think we've had this T. Higgins discussion about a thousand times. We don't hate T. Higgins. It's where he's going is we we, we don't love it. Yeah, we've said he's a – we're we're good friends. We're good friends with T. Higgins, yes. we, 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 We stand the Cincinnati Bengals and we stand Clemson. Yes, of course. But where he's going is diabolical. Is diabolical. You you cannot convince me to draft my wide receiver twenty nine at the start of the fifth round. No way. No thank you. Yeah. Well, I think it just all goes back to the point where T. Higgins was drafted over Amari Cooper, and then you flip your and then you just flip your lid. Stupid. It's just it's just stupid. Like but yeah, can't... the tier the tier five is is really really good. Honestly, if you go down to tier six, starting at Chase Claypool and going down to Marvin Jones Jr., that's pretty good too. You Chase, have Chase Claypool in like the eighth ninth round. Chase Claypool, Marquise Brown, Jerry Judy, Michael Gallup, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel. If he ever turns to be really consistently good, Sterling Shepard is serviceable. Jameson Crowder. With a potentially new quarterback, T.Y. Hilton, LaVisca Chenault, Christian Kirk, and Marvin Jones. Sorry, Adam. Sorry. I don't think I heard you. I don't think I heard you clearly. Did you say Corey Davis is in tier six? Yeah. The best receiver in the National Football League, Corey Davis? Mm hmm. Oh, what a guy. What a guy. I love him. I just want, one day I want. This year, I want you to see. I want you to put your money where your mouth is and take Corey Davis in the first round. If you think he's the, if he's the best receiver in the league, Jamie Carragher is going to take Corey Davis in the first round. He's going to take Corey Davis in the first round, and the Liverpool Fantasy Football League. He's going to take Corey Davis, play with Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. I wouldn't even be shocked. 
Mo Salah? Because they don't watch NFL football, probably. Sadio Mane? I, I, I doubt that they do. Virgil van Dijk? They're too focused on not conceding a bunch of 50,000 goals. Steven! Terrible. Steven! Who are you going to be taking the first round of your Rangers Fantasy Football League? Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. We <laughs> taking Devontae Adams. I think he's a, he's a great player. Very consistent player. Played for the Green Bay Packers. The only problem, they didn't play for Rangers in the Scottish Premier League. You know, you know, Jamie, we're unbeaten in the Scottish Premier League. Still? Still. We are still unbeaten in the Scottish Premier League. Have great players. We have advanced in the Europa League as well. It's a shame I slipped on my fucking arse and gave it to Demba Ba. Steve Gerard Gerard. Yeah, of course. Hey, listen, I'm happy. I'm happy about it. I'm thrilled about it. Give us the give us the league title. Yes. You could thank Steven Gerrard for that. I I do. I, I very much do. He comes out once in a blue moon. Steve Gerrard, Jamie Carragher. They're great guys. They're great. What, so, one of these days, I'll get the uh, the Pep Guardiola impression down, and maybe I'll bring uh, I'll bring Pep onto the uh, onto the podcast. Yeah, let, let me try it. Let me try it. Let me see. Well, I don't know. I don't know. We play. We play great football. We play great football. But when I play, seeing these players, they had to. They had to think. They had to think. They had to think with their head. See, he, 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 it sounds like he's whispering when he speaks, but it's it's like that broken, it's like the very thick Spanish accent. I had to get it down. I don't know. It doesn't really sound like him. It just, it, it, I don't know. It just doesn't. Uh, it, it, it's a work in progress. Adam. It's a work in progress. It's, it's a work, work in, in progress. progress. It's it's nowhere near the level of Jamie Carragher and Stephen Gerrard. No. You do a pretty good, it's a pretty good Scouse accent, let me tell you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And it's about it's about making sure you hold on you hold on to that A. Manny. Sadio Manny. Virgil van Dyke. Yeah. Can you and do the, can you do the Eagles? Ian and Noah? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I I, I next time next time we record on thir- on Thursday, I will do an Iron Eagle impression to the best of my ability i'm going to be studying the voice of iron eagle and i'm going to see if i can do it durant from three gets there oh my goodness <laughs> oh my goodness you know you know it was very interesting i was listening it came up with my suggestions on youtube i don't know why do you know who peter drury is by any chance i've definitely heard that name so he does he's a commentator for for soccer football. football. Yes. He he's the guy. I don't know if if you've seen it's the other commentator that has the Aguero goal. It's Martin Tyler, but then there's yes. another one that exists. Where he's like, like Aguero staggering like that one. Aguero. Yes. Something like that. Yes. Fabulous. Fabulous man. Love Peter Drury. He's great. He's he's the guy. I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen the goal. It was the goal where Thierry Henry, he scores. He scores for Arsenal at the Bernabeu. That's Peter Drury. Gotcha. Great goal, by the way. Great goal, by the way. At the time, the first and only English team to ever beat Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. At the time. At the time. That was also the Galacticos. So... Hey, we at whatever we, we, we beat the Galacticos at, at the Bernabeu, and that got us to the Champions League final against UEFA. Yeah, well, shit happens. We beat them at the Bernabeu after we did. We're the first. We're the first English team in Europe to go to the Bernabeu and win the San Siro and win and the Allianz Arena and win against Real Madrid, Bayern, and Inter. 
I think Fun fact. Well, very cool. Fun fact, because Arsenal Fun. get all the tough draws. We're not, we're not like Tottenham that you know go up against uh, Wolfsburger AF and uh, Slavia Prague in the Europa League. We have to go up against actual football teams. Yeah, it was pretty close though against Benfica. My heart was in a very uncomfortable situation. It was, you, it was losing its will to keep beating. I can tell you that right now. Now you have to, now you have to uh, exercise some demons in Olympiacos. Yeah, fuck me. Well, well, Spurs get Slavia Prague. Ugh. Yeah. Who does United get? AC Milan. Oh. Well, that should be interesting. It's a tie of the round for sure. Fuck them. Ibra, Ibra going back to Old Trafford? Yes, please. I'm very excited. Fuck them. I hope that Milan wins like 11-0 on aggregate. Me too. Me too, because fuck Ola- you know, You know for sure that Ole, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to be going to San Siro and be telling everybody to stay back. Stay back and defend for your <laughs> lives. Let's get a nil-nil and then let's go home. Yeah. Or they'll go up one nil and then they'll just start defending for shit. Well, here's the thing, though, is that the sense the game at the San Siro is the second leg. That's true. That is very true. So you, so they have to go into the San Siro, have bottles bro- thrown at their head, probably. Well, no, they don't have fans in Italy yet. Oh. I don't know. Maybe. maybe they don't still. have the fans yet. No, they don't have the fans. Only America. Only America. The land of the free, home of the brave. When I say America... I mean, Florida. <laughs> Free for all. Florida might be more representative of America than we'd like to admit. <laughs> fair. Yes, fair. Um, all right. Back on track. I don't know how the hell we got here again. I think it was, I think it was Jamie and Stephen Gerrard just coming Why? out to play. It's the Liverpool stuff that always gets us off track. It always happens. It just always happens. I had to come out and have to talk about Liverpool. Great football club. Never wore an Everton shirt. Fuck the Blues. Bullshit. Bullshit, fake Jimmy Carragher. (laughs) One of these days, I'm going to do a uh, a Gary Neville too. One of these days. It's honestly, if Gary Neville gets really mad, it, it basically is Jamie Carragher. True. True. Because the, uh, the those those uh, the Manchester and then the Scousers they kind of just go weird. hand in hand sometimes. It's weird how close Mancunian is to Scouse. It's really weird. Don't tell a Mancunian or a Scouse that. Listen, I'm just saying the accents are close. Once upon a time, Liverpool and Manchester United got along. Once upon a time, they never did that. I'm kidding, of course, never, never ever. <laughs> um. I mean, do you want to give your receivers that you that you like and, and, and love, or is there anything else you want to talk about? Or No, I think we're good at this point. I think point. we're good, too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. The name is just the Basement Talk Podcast. And that is, you can find all episodes of not only the fantasy show, but everything under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella, the Basement Talk Podcast family of podcasts. So on Thursday, we are going to be talking about tight ends. Is that correct? That is correct. Very exciting stuff. You know, you're going basically from uh, the Pacific Ocean, as far as depth is concerned, you're going from the Pacific Ocean to the kiddie pool. That that was funny. That was yeah. funny. That that is that is where we are right now. Oh, that made my day. Basically, Ocean, the Marianas trench to the kiddie pool. <laughs> that that is where we are. Oh, that that was funny. For my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye bye.